Hi, guys. Uh, I'm Cynthia. <sighs> I have a new life in Christ, um, and I struggle or am recovering from low self-worth, a desire to isolate, and shame from past abuse. Hi, everybody. Would you all pray with me, please? Oh, Father, um, and thank you for the work you've done in, in my life and many others. Father, I just pray that you would um, steady my voice. Father, still my heart um, and just give me air so I can shout what you have done from the mountains. Amen. All right. <sighs> Let's do it. Uh, all right, so I was born in Guatemala um, to a mom and dad who struggled with alcoholism and drug addiction. Dad was never in the picture, and my mom left me when I was about two years old. Um, there's, the responsibility of raising us um, was a heavy burden on my aging grandmother. But she did her best to provide by working days and nights, and that meant that I was frequently left alone and vulnerable. For most of my early years, I was abused sexually. I remember wishing that I had the strength to tell somebody, but I was fearful of how my grandmother would react um, because she was physically violent when we caused trouble, and it seemed like I was always finding trouble. Um, I would frequently wander off into the woods by myself to avoid punishment uh, and abuse, and there I learned how to be self-reliant and developed a habit of isolation when things got hard. <laughs> My mother came back into the picture when I was about eight years old. When she arrived, I had no idea who she was, um, and her drunken, abusive, angry behavior made it really hard uh, to connect with her. She brought us to the United States with her, um, but her abuse didn't stop. In fact, it seemed to be worse. I was used to being able to find some solitude, um, but living in a one-bedroom apartment with five other people uh, made that really hard. I felt trapped in a circle of abuse and mistreatment. As time went on, I grew angry. I lashed out on my siblings, often by physically harming them. Pointing out their flaws seemed to help me ignore the darkness within me. In school, I knew I didn't fit in, and my life wasn't like the other girls. It seemed like they had a happy life, uh, and I became aware of how broken mine was. During my teen years, my mother was often out working or drinking, um, and that allowed me to experiment with drugs and weed, or sorry, alcohol and weed. Uh, I started going out drinking with older friends almost every night of the week, and around this time, I realized that I could get the attention I was desperately craving from boys, uh, and their approval became an idol. One day, one of the guys I had been flirting with um, asked me out, and it seemed like my luck had finally changed. He was uh, older, mature, he had his own car, and uh, on our date, he offered me a drink, and without a thought, I took it. The rest of the night, I was in and out of consciousness, but somehow I was able to get myself home. The next morning, I fell apart. He had raped me, and I wasn't able to stop him. I asked myself how I could let that happen, and I felt weak for not being able to protect myself. He made me feel like it was my fault and I believed him because I thought that my childhood abuse had tainted me. 
So I pushed down the feelings and I decided to simply move on with a promise to myself that I'd be stronger. I continued to party with friends and maintain my own tough image on the outside, but on the inside, I was in anguish. The pain was so great, I couldn't contain it, and I began self-harming. That, to me, seemed like a better option than admitting that I needed help. My anger was out of control, and I'd physically fight anybody who had anything to say about me. That was negative. Uh, I was unable to focus in schools. Low grades and suspensions just added fuel to the fire. During my junior year, I dropped out of high school and moved to New York by myself. There, the fast-paced lifestyle seemed to be exactly what I wanted. There was a party going on all the time, and that helped me to ignore my feelings. Um, I had lost past friendships because I was mean. I was controlling and critical, and I learned to keep relationships shallow by only speaking the truth when it was convenient for me. The anger inside me felt like a fire, and every time I was confronted, anger would just pour out like a flashover. Pretty soon, I ran out of money, so I began to search online for income. I received a message from a man. He said I was beautiful and that he knew a way that pretty girls could make money. His compliments were something that I had longed to hear. The lifestyle that he portrayed seemed like a great deal and I thought that I would find value and worth through prostitution. But I quickly learned that his promises were untrue, and I was left feeling even more worthless and empty than ever before. In the next few years, I lived in a cycle that went like this. Drink, party, damage control. Sell myself for money. Drink, party, damage control. And repeat. Alcohol was not something that I was addicted to, but I used it and partying to avoid the reality of my own depravity. The fast-paced lifestyle kept my depression and shame hidden, but when I'd lay down at night, it caught up with me. In the stillness of the night, I couldn't outrun my broken heart. I longed for freedom, but I lacked the knowledge on how to escape. So in 2011, the Lord blessed me by allowing me to hit rock bottom. As a result of a relationship I had formed through prostitution, I became pregnant. I sat alone in a motel room with no friends and no family. I remembered all the things that I had faced and for the first time in my life, I clearly saw the grave that I had dug for myself. My whole life, I had held on tightly to anything that gave me value, just like this, uh, but it always seemed to sleep, slip right through my fingers, and all that had ever gotten me was a pair of angry, clenched fists. I wanted better for my son, so that night I searched for churches nearby. I hadn't grown up a Christian, but I remembered a Christian lady I encountered as a teen, she tried to share the gospel with me, and although I avoided her unwanted kindness, I noticed how joyful she was. I wanted that. My heart craved peace like she had. The next morning, I parked in front of Watermark and watched as the seemingly picture-perfect families marched in. 
I was sure that I was going to be rejected, but desperation for hope forced me to walk in anyway. The pastor talked to me and shared the gospel with me in a way that I had never heard it before. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, mine. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. It's Isaiah 53, 5. Healing from sin seemed like a prize, but I wasn't able to understand why Jesus would do that for me. Maybe for all the other good people out there, but not for me. My own parents didn't even want me. Or at least they love their own addictions more than me. So I couldn't understand why God would send a perfect Jesus to die for me, a sinful creature. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died. That's Romans 5.8. The chains of shame became visible during a conversation with JP, the porch guy. Um, he asked me to confess my darkest sin, and I looked at him and I said, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> he pointed me to shelter from the storm, and um, that's a ministry that offers uh, for women who have experienced sexual abuse. And during shelter, I was able to identify all the things that the enemy had stolen from me. Joel 2.25 says, I will replace all the years the locusts have eaten and he, almost, he also promised that his people would not be put to shame, free of shame. The idea made me hunger for more knowledge about Jesus. So I began to dig into scripture, and during this time, I was surrounded by God's people. They checked in with me almost daily and asked me hard questions to help keep me accountable. They were persistent and bold in sharing the gospel, even when I sought comfort, sought comfort in the isolation that I had before. But this time, the isolation didn't bring me the warm, fuzzy feeling that I had before. That's because nothing compares to the comfort that Christ gives. When my son was born, women I had never even met volunteered to bring me meals. They helped me clean. They offered to help me with my newborn son. And once I tasted the gift of community, isolation just became bitter. A few months later, because of the way those girls modeled Jesus' love for me, I accepted Christ and was baptized in the watermark pond. I went through shelter twice, and the healing I received allowed me to clearly identify more hurt and unhealthy habits that I needed to change. I was learning how to be faithful but my desire to go my own way was still a heavy struggle. So against the counsel of my community, I married the father of my son. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Romans 7, 18. Because we were unhealthy, we struggled to make it work, so God brought me to Regen, a place that offered healing for our hurts, habits, and hangups through a relationship with Christ. My first night at Regen, it felt uh, as if time stood still. I was on the edge of my chair listening to every word of testimony. Their relationship with Christ gave me hope from the hidden, for the hidden sins that seemed to haunt me. I was messed up and I knew it, and the problem was trusting God, that God could free my heart 
from the chains of anger and shame. I was reluctant, but Psalm 10, 14 says, the hopeless, helpless, entrusts himself unto you. You are a father of the uh, fatherless. It became clear that Jesus was the only one who could help me. I had tried so many times and fallen short so many more times. His way had to be better. In Groundwork, I witnessed women share their sins, and I was inspired to share my own sins uh, openly. Steps one through three encouraged me to trust the Lord with my heart and believe that he could change me. Step four, it hit me like a train going at full speed. I was so afraid of the fire that would spill out and destroy me if I shared all of my sins. And if others saw what people had done to me, I was afraid that I would be considered weak. But when my pen hit the paper, I felt his peace. I had pushed down my sins and hurts down for most of my life. And now they were finally out. The harms done to me were exposed and the depravity of my sin was in full view. I felt exposed. The wounds had been opened and I wanted to run. But through step five, he reminded me, if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, then he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from our unrighteousness. It's 1 John 1, 8 through 9. The taste of freedom was so sweet. I could feel God healing the open wounds of my heart. Christ's provision of community was like a real-life hug from his arms. Making amends, it seemed like it would be easy. All I had to do was tell people I was sorry and ask for their forgiveness, right? You're laughing now. I quickly realized that while I had spent much time healing, others in my life had not yet accepted the peace that he had given me. Most conversations didn't go well, and it was a humbling experience to see the harm that my words had caused. I couldn't take back the things I had said in anger, and I couldn't undo the selfish actions that, uh, that had caused them pain. Only Christ could offer them the same freedom he had given me, but I could take full ownership and live in a way that honors those who I've hurt. God compelled me to share the gospel with those I had hurt. I commenced from Regen and had a relationship with Christ, but my marriage continued to crumble and in the following years, in the following years, Old habits of avoiding conflict and uh, resentment began to resurface, which contributed greatly to the decline of our marriage. Community suggested doing regen again, but I was reluctant because I had already done so much work and I should have been fixed. Still, I prayed and God worked in my heart to humble me. If I trusted the people around me to speak truth in other areas, then I needed to trust them with this too. For you should wage war with sound guidance. Victory comes with many counselors. Proverbs 24, 6. In 2015, I returned to Regen with a weary heart, but determined to wage war against the enemy with Christ's help. 
God surely knew what he was doing because during step two, my husband filed for divorce. Immediately, I felt the whispers from the enemy return. They said, Cynthia, you are unwanted, worthless, and no one will ever truly love you because you are broken beyond repair. The women around me, they saw my heartache and loudly proclaimed the truth. Many times I wanted to run from them and into isolation. I wanted to deal with this again on my own. And that was just a preemptive strike on my part to avoid the judgment I was sure that I was going to get for failing to keep my marriage together. Again, the women in my group pursued me daily and confronted and continued to link arms around me. They did confront me too. (sighs) Through them, the Holy Spirit reminded me that I was his creation and my worth could only be determined by Jesus and what he had done for me on the cross. How could I be unwanted or unloved if Jesus gave his perfect life for me? The next steps, they were like an anchor in the storm. The enemy called me back into the grave, but Jesus kept me alive through the truth that I was learning and putting into action in region. The homework in his word was my daily bread. Daily, I was reminded of truth and continual confession kept my heart from becoming the stone it had once been. Praise be to the Lord who uses hardship to grow us. Instead of rage, I often felt sympathy. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. I lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another, but when the kindness of God and love, our Savior, appeared, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and regeneration by the Holy Spirit. It's Titus 3, 3 through 7. Rather than allowing the enemy to take control of my decisions, God gave me a desire to live faithfully for him and led me to forgive my ex-husband. Forgiveness for him and the others who had hurt me came only because God softened my heart and showed me that hurt people hurt people. They have been hurt and led astray and God calls them to him just as he called me in the depth of my own grave. Healing from the divorce was not the war that I had planned on, but God knew exactly what I needed even before I did. I still struggle in finding identity with worldly things, but God is ever so patiently guiding me with his gentle hands. He sees me wandering again and again, yet every time, rather than becoming angry with me, He reminds me that I can trust him to lead me to green pastures. I used to find worth in others' love and approval, but now God has given me a new life as his daughter. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Mark 5.34. I'm a princess, you guys. (laughs) 
Shame used to keep me hiding for fear that others would judge me, but Isaiah 6, 8 reminds me. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. This prayer has helped me to keep my eyes focused not on my own shame, but his kingdom and his desire to reach the lost God has given me the privilege of serving and leading in region. And what a blessing it is to play a small role in helping God heal the brokenhearted. Reaching out to help those who are suffering has made it really hard to hold on to that angry clenched fist. I am fully known and I'm committed to keeping it that way. The desire for a family and life as a single mom is still very real and difficult. I do mourn the loss that I've faced, but now I choose to hold on to the hope and promises that Jesus makes me rather than my own wishes. I have learned, and I'm still learning, that healthy conflict is good. So I am committed to having uncomfortable conversations especially if I feel the desire to bury or hide them. Both of those things would be extremely difficult to do um, without community, without the community he has given me and grown for me over the years. Shout out. Okay. My father passed away many years ago and amends with my mother has not been received well. I used to believe that my sins and history should be hidden that they would make me dirty in his sight. But now I know that Jesus has made me clean by his death on the cross and that he is faithful to show me that this testimony can be used for his glory. Praise be to the Lord who has made my heart beat again. Y'all, if this is your first time, I wanna encourage you. You are exactly where you are supposed to be. Every week I see people walk in here afraid of being fully known, but week after week we get to see people leaving here able to sleep peacefully because they are fully known and still loved. My prayer for you is that you would be able to lay down in the stillness of the night and that you would feel the peace of simply having a relationship with Christ. Y'all, I'm Cynthia. And my heart has been restored from the wounds of sexual abuse, shame, and isolation because I now find my worth in Jesus Christ. Thank you, guys.